Welcome to Best Served, a podcast recognizing unsung hospitality heroes. Join Chef Jensen Cummings as he chops it up with industry leaders about the humans who've impacted their lives and careers. From childhood guides, to ass-kicking mentors, to the team members in the trenches that make it all happen. Help us celebrate these rock stars by sharing our show and nominating your own unsung hospitality heroes. Connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Now here is your host. What's up, everybody? Jensen Cummings here. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Today is Best Served Podcast 314. We're talking mental health, mise en place as part of, a part of workplaces worth working, all these alliterations. I'm killing myself. Episode number five of this important series. Mental health, mise en place. You've heard this from me before. You know how important it is to me and the work that we're doing that we try and find ways to understand the things that we do really well in restaurants and deploy that approach, that methodology, that skill, that attribute to the things we don't do so well. And mental health is something we have absolutely struggled with as individuals, as teams, as businesses, as an industry at large. So if we can think about the way that we set our stations, the mise en place, understanding how we're going into a service from a product standpoint and apply that to the humans who are actually going to be there side by side in any given day, I think is an important opportunity for us. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. And uh, and all of this week, we're really focused on kind of the day-to-day operations and how we can apply mental health support into the fabric of what we do day in and day out. So we're going to be talking to uh, two great guests today, uh, Zia Sheikh from Restaurants After Hours out in Brooklyn, bringing back Patrick Mulvaney from I Got Your Back and Mulvaney BNL out in Sacramento. So no further ado, I wanna bring in Zia Sheikh to kick us off here. Zia, good to see you. Good to see you too. All right, break it down for us a little bit. Restaurant After Hours, for those who don't know, what's the organization, what's the mission? Give us a little of the trajectory, how this came about. Sure, absolutely. So we operate out of Brooklyn, New York. Uh, We are providing mental health support for the hospitality industry by providing advocacy, education, um, access to mental health resources, and virtual support group program. Um, I will be very honest, like our virtual support group program is on pause for May, but we are hoping to bring that back for June and going forward on top of that. So for anybody that's going through a mental health issue, doesn't know signs, symptoms, uh, where to turn to, we provide them a starting point. And then we will further assist them on their journey journey for recovery or for their own mental health journey from, from there on out. And how did the organization begin? So I've been a chef in New York City for 18 years. Uh, through this industry, um, all the stress was getting to me. I had grown in alcohol dependency uh, to the point where um, I was working 14 to 16 hours a day, leaving work, getting blackout drunk, sleeping for half an hour, going right back to work. And that was my cycle of life for over a decade. The alcohol had essentially gotten to me to the point where I, I had reached burnout, uh, and I'm not throwing that word around lightly. It was uh, my mental state, my physical state, both were just completely deteriorated, and I had no choice but to take six months off from the industry. Wow. So during those six months off, um, I decided that it was finally time for me to start uh, thinking about my own mental health, uh, thinking about getting uh, healthy again. So. But I was now in a position where uh, I didn't have access to insurance. I had no job. Um, so I started pulling together all these different resources that were available um, that did not require insurance, that were free. And that's essentially how the organization came about. So six months later, I actually came back with the organization in hand, Restaurant After Hours. I founded it. 
And um, it's just, it's a way to provide people with uh, accessible mental health resources. And to further the timeline, when, when was this? When did the organization actually begin? So I was actually fired from my job due, due to my, um, my alcohol problems in June 2018. And December 2018, I founded the organization. Okay, understood. I, I appreciate you sharing that. And yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, it's it's important. We we've so many of us have been there, and it's interesting. I talk about this with myself, where I, at least, I tell myself I never hit rock bottom, and I was able to find my way out of that. But waking up in your car in the parking structure behind your restaurant multiple times, yeah. like that that reality for us, and we we glorify it. We spend yeah. a lot of time with the machismo, the tough guy, tough gal mentality. And it's been exposed. Like burnout, to your point, is is a reality of our industry. It's the inevitability, so often of our industry. It is the progression. Mm -hmm. If you start as a dishwasher, you end up an owner. The likelihood of burnout is so high. So I appreciate you feeding your own need for support and then bring that to others. So I really appreciate that. All right, it makes sense now. The work that you're doing. I want to bring in Patrick now, a good friend of the show, Patrick. Uh, always a pleasure to have you on. Good to see you. Good morning. Greetings from it's the beautiful mountains. wherever you are. It is pretty nice. Tahoe is one of the most beautiful places on earth. Uh, love hearing that. That that feels like it'd be good for your mental health. Uh, we appreciate all the work that you do. So tell everybody, uh, I got your back. For anybody who doesn't know, what's kind of the practical work that uh, that you're doing day in and day out? Uh, the resources provided give people a little bit of. Uh, of the background so i got your back just like zia same thing the important piece of how you provide resources to people with mental health challenges who don't know for us important that it goes from anxiety depression substance use all the way up to uh, suicide the whole range for two reasons one it's important because it hurts anxiety hurts and is just as valid as alcoholism or drug problems or a potential suicide and two if you have one of the more serious problems the potential that you'll begin talking about anxiety and depression is greater than no one's going to come to me and say, hey, chef, I've been on a bender for four days and haven't slept. And that's right. why. I'm, well, but they might say I'm feeling a little anxious today. <laughs> yeah, you've been up for four days. That's why. But you can begin the conversation. Right. And we do that with peer to peer counseling. Every now restaurants, probably about 15 or 20 restaurants in Sacramento, every shift, there's someone who's um, designated as a person to talk about mental health issues if you uh, want someone to help you refer or just listen. And we've created a climate where there's support from leadership, from owners and chefs in charge of the restaurant to uh, talk about that stuff. And you're right, it's it's hard. It's not something that we've talked about before. And it's interesting, we have a new guy who actually just this week started and was having a hard time on Saturday. He um, started to fold and just like what's what's the matter and he's like i'm fine i'm fine I'm like well right. no you're not fine and it turns out that his dad had just been admitted to the hospital and we said dude your dad's there you got to go and him because he's been in the restaurant business said I, I i can't leave it's saturday right like no you have to leave right you have to take care of your father because family comes first so it's it's a bit of a learning process for everybody all along the way and like like just like zia we started in 2018 as a community because we faced that year we faced uh over uh 18 deaths by suicide in 2018. wow it's the unbelievable the impact that it has and how quickly we 
sweep it under the rug because we're so busy, right? It's a Saturday night service. We're so busy. We never take time, right? We're so obsessed with time, yet we never take the time to really evaluate ourselves, the team. We don't want to look that person in the eye because we know there might be pain and struggle on the other side. We don't want to have to deal with it, right? We want to just focus on the food because we think that that is the safe space. And the reality is maybe in that moment it might be, yet in the long term, we have to think long term. So that one Saturday service, that cook, we know this experience, that cook thinks he's letting you down. The reality is if that cook can show up bigger, better, faster, stronger, more supported every shift after that, well, that's a huge net gain, a huge win for that individual, that team, that business and the industry. But we just are so short term thinking. So I appreciate what, what both of you are laying out. I want to talk about some practical steps that we can take because sometimes the conversation people say, yes, I've experienced that. Yes, I want to do something. And they go, what the hell do I do? It seems like such a big uh, topic and it is. How do I start the first step? How do I take the first bite? So I want to give people some, some practical stuff. So we're going to make sure and drop links. Zia, you have an amazing list of resources. Patrick as well, lots of resources, lots of organizations supporting what you guys are doing and developing those resources. I want to start inside the restaurant though. Patrick, you mentioned specifically that somebody is assigned to kind of be in charge of that process. And I want, to, I want you to talk about the box, the magical box that I love so much how is that person assigned? What expectations does that person have? Do they need training? Give us a little idea of the, the person who might be leading that process in that day-to-day -day operation. So just to show you how good I am at that, the box is 150 miles down the hill in Sacramento. But it's... Uh, so We're going to post pictures of the box in the comments. Don't worry. We started we started the, the process talking with mental health experts around the region. And what they said was you need support from leaders in your organization to say that it's okay not to be okay right. and then you need to provide you need to provide peer support or someone that people can refer to and then finally resources for everyone to access once you're there well it turns out that we already have the peers on our floors right there's the there's the guy who's not quite a sous chef that you can talk to about advice if you're a new cook there's yana the doula right who's who's mothering there's the crazy bartender and so in some ways they were already built in and what we did was formalize it. We put them through, we've offered everyone what's called mental health first aid in the beginning formally. Now there are other uh, methods of learning how to speak about issues again, all across the spectrum, how to know when it's safe. And, and each one of them then is on the floor every night, you know, so when you come in to the building, you drop in a card that's, um, there are, there's a box with four colors, faces on them, happy, neutral, angry, and in the weeds. You drop in the one that corresponds to your mood that day. And when we do our lineup before guests come in, we tell all the specials. And then we say, here's the temperature of the restaurant. Six people happy. Two of you are neutral. Three are angry. We're pretty sure we know who those are. But you know what? Today, there's four people who are in the weeds. That's what the blue card is called. And then you say, what are we going to do to help? our partners, right, to get through a successful night. If you are in the weeds, what can we do for you? And what are you going to learn from tonight to be able to help others next time when you're not in the weeds? So then you go into the shift with that idea that you're looking out for your brother, that you are your brother's keeper and, and moving along. And it opens up to your point of how, how do you train them 
in my view is that they're self-selected, right? Because you already know mostly who's there. And the interesting piece for me is that some people enter into the program willingly think that's great, but there's others like we have a bartender, for instance, who kind of made fun of this, right? In the beginning, oh, we're being all California. Yeah, I can imagine. Nope. And then a month or two in, as it started to take hold, he came back and said, you never invited me to do this, but I've been doing this all along. I said, yes, I know you have. You've been doing the work all along and not not with portfolio and not written. But thank you because you've been helping. And and because you were helping, yeah, I didn't need to give you a badge or a title or or create more drama. Right. Because you were already being an effective conduit for people to go get help. Yeah. A couple of things that I, I really appreciate that again. It's kind of here are the here are the specials for the night. Here's low calls. Here's eighty six. Here's our temperature. Like it just normalizes. It makes it matter of fact. It doesn't have to be the elephant in the room, even though we know it is the elephant in the room. So, I, so I really appreciate that. And self selecting, I think that's interesting too. And the elephant is there. You're right. So then it enables to open it. So that's what we say is yeah. the magic happens next, right? When you're yeah. pulling mats, making stock at the end of the night, polishing silverware, and you say. How are you? This is what we say. How are you, comma, really? And the space between comma and really is where people know they have the opportunity, if they want to take it, to talk about their issues and see if there's something they can do about it. Yeah, we know canned questions get canned answers in restaurants, and we see that all the time. How is your? How is everything? Everything is fine. We, we know that that is just going to elicit a knee-jerk response out of, out of just obligation. Right. And so I appreciate that you're taking one, just a comma and an additional word can change the whole complexity of that communication of that interaction. So I really appreciate that. Zia, I, I want to come to you because uh, I know you've followed uh, what, what Patrick has, has worked on. Mm -hmm. Somebody who's like applied that within the restaurant model. When you're thinking about normalizing that, when you're thinking about the communication, when you're thinking about the way that within your communication as a chef to your peers, how are you thinking about layering on that communication? What are some of the things that the tips that you have for chefs? Because that bartender, that reality, that's the reality for a lot of us. We're like, I'm fine. I'm tough. Yep. I'm a hustler. Like nothing gets me down. You know, all those type of tropes that we push out and, and have normalized. How are you shifting that communication? Yeah, I mean, just as Patrick said, uh, well, one, I agree with everything they just said 100%. It's just as uh, you said also it's it's taking that time to ourselves and putting it on pause for a second you know him adding that one comma adding that extra word how are you comma really you know you're putting yourself on pause to listen for that response to um to navigate the other person's issues you know for to let them feel comfortable and open up to you it's such an important thing that you know as for us in the restaurant industry as chefs as managers we're so busy like we're constantly putting out fires throughout yeah. but just to take that time, those few seconds, just to, just to pause and just wait and wait for that response. It's so important to, to navigate somebody else's mental health. Um, just, just hear them out, you know, create the synergy of the team completely. Like, uh, because your staff is always going to come in. They're always going to be thinking about different things. You know, they could sure. be thinking about, um, rent they have to pay. Maybe they went out the night before they met somebody. Maybe, um, they're thinking about their kids at home. So, them coming in wanting to be there for you they're always going to be there and just say you know i'm totally fine i can get through this so let me just get through the day but taking that one second just to be like how are you today that could be just such a crucial th thing 
in terms of navigating the day as the entire team? Yeah, I mean, we have to shift some of the expectations that we put upon ourselves, right? We've been talking about the brigade system where, like, look, the reality is we're not an elite military fighting unit. We're not. <laughs> we're a bunch of individuals trying to navigate our lives, navigate our day, and just get through the shift, so to speak, sometimes. So we have to stop pretending like we've had boot camp and months and months of intense training to be able to like know that the person next to you like has your back at all moments. That's just not the reality. When you have 73% turnover rates, it's not the reality. You don't even know the person next to you a lot of the times. We have to shift the narrative. We have to shift the expectation. Yep. Leave, leave your shit at the door. Smile. It's part of your uniform. Like that. It doesn't yeah. work. It does. It just doesn't it work. Doesn't work. It, might, it might work in one moment, in five moments, in even a hundred moments. In the long term, we're seeing it play out. The the industry has been exposed. The model has been exposed. It's been shown to be vulnerable. It burned hot, and we went from being outcasts to the cool kids to now the establishment. And we don't like it because we don't understand how to navigate that wholly as individuals, teams and as businesses. So I really appreciate that. How do you have that conversation straight up? And I think you and I are gonna wrap. Uh, uh, we lost Patrick, his robots shut down on him. That's okay. We'll, <laughs> That's okay, yeah. We'll, we'll, he's he's uh, he's with us in spirit and he's, exactly. I think he's got a few more episodes. So we'll get lots of Patrick, don't worry everybody. Uh, but Zia, for you, you're talking to another chef. Bro, I'm a beast. I don't need that mental health support. Like I'm strong. My game is strong. I don't need anything. I get through every shift. I've done it for 15 years. Why would I change what I'm good at already? I know you and I've had that conversation with, with friends and colleagues and coworkers. How do you navigate that? How do you have the next part of that? What's the comma really in that scenario? I mean, it, it really just starts with just education, uh, just having that conversation. For a lot of people, it's a very uncomfortable conversation to start. However, because if you've never had a mental health struggle, if you don't know that you're going through a mental health struggle, it's very hard to identify that. It's very hard to say and just be vulnerable for a second and just be like, hey, you know what? I reached burnout in 2018. I know what this feels like. Uh, I pushed way too hard. I needed to take a break and, and, and put that on pause. If you've never experienced that, it's very easy just to be like, I'm a beast. I can handle this. I can cook circles around you and just right. keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. It's going to sneak up on you eventually. You know, we, just as you said, we're not military. We're not machines. Like, you know, we're human beings doing a job and we have to treat it as such. And we have to take care of ourselves in the process before we reach that burnout period. Yeah, I, I hear you completely. The the badge of honor needs to shift. It was yes. getting a plate thrown at your head and surviving that. Yep. It was it was working 70 hours, 75 hours a week. It was for me one of the ones I always held up was I went seven years with never taking a sick day. And I was yep. sick as a dog many times. And it just yep. why? To prove that I have what it takes. And, mm -hmm. and it just and then I didn't. And then all of a sudden I realized I don't want this anymore. Yep. And I imagine for so many people, they're they're holding that ideal on a pedestal and we need to shift what we aspire to in this industry. And a lot of that comes because what other, nobody becomes an investment banker when they're when they're 15, 16, 17 years old. A lot of us get into the industry and we're vulnerable. We're impressionable. We're looking for leadership. And what do we get? We get a bunch of toxic behavior and we grab a hold of it because like, we say, yes, we did find our people. We didn't want the nine to five. We didn't want what everybody else wanted. And so we took everything for being, this is the way that it's supposed to be. So I, I appreciate you struggling through that and pointing that out.
now let's if talk I'm, about a, a few specific resources that you're like sharing. And if you want to follow up on that point, please do. The specific resources that if you're having that conversation with with that the mochismo in the room and you're saying, hey, why don't you just read this? Why don't you watch this video? Why don't you look at this? What are a couple of the things that you're pointing out that maybe open the door for the next conversation and the next conversation? So uh, I just want to point out one thing that you said, the word impressionable. Uh, okay. That is a very big word in our industry that a lot of us are impressionable because when it pertains to something like a badge of honor, that could be people's trophy right there. You know, like people could be holding that up and just say, hey, you know what? Uh, I haven't been very good at something for a very long time, but yet if I'm able to push my body to this point, mm. that's now my trophy. I, I'm very good at doing this. And so a lot of people will wear that badge of honor and just say, hey, you know what? Um, here it is. Like, you know, this is what I'm good at. I can keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing. And that's not a trophy that anybody wants to hold up. Um. So in terms of resources, having that conversation, I'll never, one thing that I found important having these conversations with people is that I'll never force it. You know, I'll always start by saying, hey, this is what I went through and I'll break down my wall. And usually in return, somebody else will break down their wall in, in return and then open up about their struggles as well. I found that to be more effective than just say, hey, you know what? Uh, I've been reading up about mental health. You know, this is how it pertains to the industry. It's when you when you force that conversation onto people, people don't they're not uh, always receptive to it. You know, sometimes they'll put a block uh, a wall up and just say, "Hey, you know what? I don't want to talk about this. I think it's weak. Uh, it that's not me," and things like that. But saying but showing them that, "Hey, you know what? I am a chef. I'm a cook just like you. I'm in the restaurant industry just like you. Uh, this is what happened to me." So it usually works better um, by helping them become more vulnerable. Yeah, that makes complete sense. You gotta you have to understand it to be able to understand it. Right. And yep. then be able to have a conversation about it. So I so I can definitely appreciate that uh, from from the standpoint. And it looks like we got Patrick back in the background. We'll sure. bring Patrick back in just a second. I, I want to shift for these these last few minutes to uh, specifically those resources and the places that people can kind of go, because I know a lot of people are saying, yes, we need to have this conversation. We need to shift the narrative. We need to shift the dynamics within the restaurant itself. What are for you a couple of those places where you know that they'll get it, they'll see it, they'll understand it, and maybe they need a couple, you know, maybe they need to hear it three, four, five, seven times, see it a few times, say, all right, and they put it to the bottom of their list, the bottom of their list. Mm -hmm. But eventually, you know, consistency is key, and we respect effort and consistency in this industry as individuals. So what are a couple of those resources? What do you want people thinking about? So on the Restaurant After Hours website, we have a full resources page that has close to 200 resources that are available for free for anybody to use. The website is restaurantafterhours.org. Uh, the resources page is restaurantafterhours.org slash resources. We make it very easy to... Um, uh, for people to access crisis numbers, mental health organizations, uh, restaurant in restaurant industry organizations that are dealing with mental health um, as well, along with Reddit groups, Facebook groups, they're all there on that one page. So uh, for anybody that's going through any type of issue, um, they can go straight to that page and just find everything. And we also promote other organizations as well, including I Got Your Back, because this problem that's facing this industry right now is so large and we at restaurant after hours know that we can't solve it ourselves so we promote other organizations that are attacking it from different angles as well and so like if we can't help you solve your issue we're gonna we're gonna refer you to another organization that possibly can 
I appreciate that. I, yep. It's very interesting. We, we need to recognize the way that people communicate, the way that people learn as well. So we talk mm -hmm. a lot about watch, listen, and read. We're trying to put content into a multitude of fashions mm -hmm. and then meeting people where they are. So if we need to come up with a meme that goes into a meme group where people mostly just want to joke and talk shit, we can find a way to communicate in the way that they are expecting so that they have an opportunity to go, wait a minute, I didn't realize that this was an okay thing to talk about. I didn't realize there were resources. I didn't realize people I respect and look up to are also struggling with this or willing to share about this. So I definitely appreciate that you're, you're putting into a lot of different mediums. All right, Patrick, I want to bring Patrick back in. Oh. Go ahead. Here we go. I'm not touching anything. Sophie, bring it, bring it back. <laughs> you got him. Uh, appreciate you fighting through the robots to get back to us, Patrick. Uh, same thing. I want to wrap these last couple minutes and try and touch on just uh, a few of the specific resources. You got a lot of organizations. I saw Kaiser Permanente, the Sacramento Kings that are supporting where you've gotten some mainstream buy-in, which I think is something very interesting, uh, the approach that you've had. So I wanted to touch on you know, who these organizations are that are filtering through support for I Got Your Back, especially on the resource side that uh, that we could learn from and steal for our own restaurants. So for sure, here in Sacramento, uh, all four major health groups, Sutter, Kaiser, um, Dignity, and UC Davis came in to say, this is important and we want to help you. What they ended up saying too was, what we're trying to teach you is what you're already doing, right? Vulnerabilities, yeah, like you said, doesn't make you weak it gives you strength yes, and yes. uh cops firemen unlikely suspects of people coming to say let's help and it's because they love us as restaurateurs and the love that we give out now is being returned king specifically said yes we want to help for concessionaires but we see it as a better help for ushers and ticket takers to come in and gather that but most important the people who break down and set up ice capades, basketball games, all that stuff, because they are literally underground, literally working in the dark at night and have an amazing turnover and no one knows who they are. So all that stuff is important. It's great to have all the different resources available to let you know that many voices are out there and however you connect is what's important. And we, so we do that in the beginning, you walk in, you drop your card, there's a sticker, on the walk-in that says, I got your back when you punch out. The last thing that comes up on your chit says, are you feeling okay? Remember these people are here. If you're not, here's uh, the website and here are the crisis lines, both the, the dial in and the text 741741 so that we know everyone's there in the beginning, but when you leave and you don't have it, uh, that it will be there. One last thing, immediate, thing that all of you can do out there is we take people out in the back, have a chat with them. You don't look so good. Would you like to talk to someone? There's crisis lines, either for text, for young people, uh, phone for older people. And you say, give me your phone. And you type it into their phone and say, do you want to call? Do you want to talk to them? You want to do a practice? I can be here. You can be alone. And if the worst that comes is, let me show you what happens. And you call and you say, hi, this is Patrick. I have someone here who's having challenge, don't think they're ready to talk to you yet, but I just want them to see what the process is like. They go through, hi, Patrick, are you safe? Bing, bing, bing. Thank you very much. Click, give them the phone back and say, save that number. Call it whatever you want. Call it wheat bread, call it sneakers, so that people don't think you're crazy, right? Mm -hmm. But that means, because I can't be with you every day, 
but I can know that you always have an outlet in your phone to go get help. And so everyone in our restaurant, for sure, everyone has um, that those numbers in their phones. Some of them because we've done that, that very thing, and others because they see that value. Oh, Patrick, I appreciate that. Two things specifically that uh, I think are important. One is you're modeling that good behavior. You're saying, I, I, you know, I'm going to do this. I'll show you that that this is okay. Zia, to your point too, right? I'm going to tell them that this is my experience. This is what I'm going through. This is what I'm willing to do. And if you're willing to allow me to support you, I'm not going to fix you. I'm just going to be here to support you. This is one of the ways that I know how. And the other is, Patrick and, and Zia, for both of you, like, we need more voices included in the conversation. You mentioned the people underground. Well, how many dishwashers, prep cooks are toiling away in, in the basements of restaurants, peeling onions, feeling unnoticed, undervalued, underappreciated. And there's, you know, 11 million, 15 million, depending on how you break, break down the math that are part of this industry, that they matter. They have to matter. It cannot just be the anointed who get to speak on behalf of this industry. We have to include more voices. And so I appreciate that from both of you. I want to take just a, a couple seconds from each of you, Zia and then Patrick, just give us some last thoughts, uh, rally the troops a little bit. Uh, and see, I even got to stop saying stuff like that, Zia. We're not troops. We're just <laughs> yeah. individuals trying to scrape together a life and finding food and hospitality that galvanizes us. So even I, I got to change my language. It matters. Uh, what do we need to be thinking about? One last thought from you. Yeah, I mean, just like you said, like, you know, we need to kind of move away from the military aspect. Um, there is a uh, there's a restaurant consultant that uh, once said about the restaurant industry that the PNL is the war. The shift is the battle and the pre-shift is the battle plan. And for a long time, we were adhering that to our industry. And we have to just move away from that philosophy altogether. Like we are not troops. We are human beings. We just need to. We need to set ourselves up for long-term sustainability in this in this industry because as even COVID has showed us, like we have no safety net. You know, like we need yeah. to find a way just to set ourselves up mentally healthy, physically healthy, and then just kind of get through. Appreciate that, Patrick. One last one last thought from you before we let you guys go. And I think, yeah, Dia, you're right. It's the it's the responsibility and how do we get people to engage? Because yep. when you said how is it the anointed few? Maybe you know. So clearly, I'm I'm the one speaking more than others from the restaurant, and that doesn't mean that we are that any of them are more or less important. That we all are a team. So it's our obligation. I gave a speech last week and about mental health, and someone said, "Is this an I speech or a we speech?" Because I always say we at the BNL, we do this, we do that, and the woman said, "Yeah, but you've gone through challenges. Is this going to be about you too?" I said. It is about me for sure, but more importantly, it's about the team, right? That Mulvaney's BNL after 15 years has become and each of the people who are there. And so it's important for us to be mindful of, to your point, do those dishwashers feel valued? Know that what they do is important because it sure is. I don't like washing dishes on a Saturday night. <laughs> and two, how do we how do we make that so that the whole community, quite frankly, sees that? And the last piece on a hopeful note is that we are restaurants. We are loved. We are the center of the community and people are watching what we're doing. Yes, and as yes. we move forward with this, not only is it good for us personally, our shops, ourselves, our hospitality industry, it's good for the country. So you restaurant people, 
should be proud of what you do. Restaurant hospitality is a valuable life. It is a good way to live. If you want to be of service, this is where it's at. And in this mental health stroke struggle, you'll be being of larger service than I certainly ever thought possible when I first started cooking. Patrick, what a way to finish this uh, episode. Thanks to the two of you for the work that you're doing, the leadership, the communication. Uh, it's absolutely needed. And this was an amazing we conversation. We'll let you guys go. Really appreciate both of you for your time and, and your effort. Thanks very thank, much. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us. Cheers. Ciao. All right. Great episode there. Uh, I got not much left to say after what Zia and Patrick ended that with. Uh, make sure check out the resources and restaurant after hours. You can find those in the comments. Uh, from I Got Your Back as well, very specifically if you're in the Sacramento area. But that their model is being modeled in, in other areas across the country, so you can kind of see that as a, as a potential game plan. Lots and lots of resources. It's hard to, to know kind of where to start. Just start with intent and then find that one resource, that one thing that really speaks to you, your team, the culture that you're trying to create. It's not one size fits all. And you put in that effort and you begin that begin that process, good people and good things will find you through that. And the support is and will be there in the future of this industry. That is the way that we will usher in an equitable, profitable, sustainable model. That is it for this episode. Best Served Podcast 314, Mental Health, Mies and Plus. We have to set our stations and we have to start developing workplaces worth working. I appreciate you all for tuning in. I hope that all of you are doing well. And if you're not, get the support that you need. It's out there. It's shifting. And uh, like Patrick, we got your back. That's it. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Best Served Podcast. Subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes.